Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability people have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihee Jolly. Today we're talking about community, more specifically, what to expect from engaging in a Buddhist community. In the SGI, we meet in local neighborhood groups that are organized by volunteer leaders, these days over Zoom, and the purpose of getting together is to support each other and be able to figure out how to apply Buddhism to our daily lives together. Recently, we published an article on Buddhability that cites research showing how giving help to others through listening, providing empathy and encouragement, gives us positive emotional and cognitive benefits in return. That's what this episode is about, told through the stories of three young women who met in their local Buddhist community. Before we hear from them, a reminder that if you're curious and you want to see what a Buddhist discussion group is like, we have them all over the country and these days are meeting virtually. So just email us at connect at sgi-usa.org to find yours. Now, let's hear the story of Karina, Jamila, and Caitlin. They all connected just last year through a study group they participated in weekly over Zoom, where they would talk, read, and encourage each other to stay on track with chanting. Let's meet them. Okay, so hey, this is Jamila. Um, Originally from San Francisco, I uh, practice Buddhism in Oakland right now, and I am currently sitting in my car while my sons play at the pool so I can do this uh, interview. (laughs) My name is Caitlin. I am calling in from Hayward, California. Hi everyone, I'm Karina. I am originally from Fresno, but I'm calling in from Oakland in my basement so I can as well do this interview. Should I say, I thought it sounded a little echoey. It's not that echoey, okay? It's the best place. Okay, the acoustics are on point, love. I feel like I should say I'm originally from Oakland, so I'm like feeling this Oakland love, you know? Yes. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Yes, come on now. Yes, we are. We're representing. Jeez. How do you guys know each other? Did you already know each other? Whoever wants to jump in can jump in, or did you all meet through like this study group that you did? I knew Caitlin. I didn't know Caitlin as intimately as I know her now, nor Karina, but me and Caitlin had met before because we were, we're a part of the parents group. And when they were having meetings at the Oakland Buddhist Center, um, I would see I would see her at the meetings uh, with her kids as well. And in the um, way often our, our meetings back when we were doing things in person, um, c- coming to the center and, and doing activities, you, you, you see the same people quite often because we practice with with people mm-hmm. that live in our area. So it, 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 same mm-hmm. thing, you know, I, I feel like I've seen Karina's face and, and seen Jamila's face, but but maybe only yeah. in passing or someone someone else, a mutual friend would talk about them. And so you have an idea of who they are, but, but we really became closer mm-hmm. through through the the study activity that we did together. Mm -hmm. Got it. Awesome. So then can I just ask each of you kind of like, uh, I know that often in Buddhist activities, like we, we like 
sort of have something that we want to break through or something that we're chanting about that we like bring to that activity we're doing or the reason we're studying. So for each of you, sort of what were you bringing at the beginning of the study group that you felt like this is um, this is something I'm chanting about and I want to work through together with this group of people? Karina, Karina, I'm going to call Karina out because <laughs> Karina, Karina B, she gives us all like good vibes and just like chills with how like you know, knowledgeable and vulnerable she can be. And it just gets everybody thinking. Like she tells it, she gives you the, she's like the realness. Hell yes. For real. I definitely appreciate it. Appreciate her voice. Take it away, Karina. You know, I'm the one who calls everybody out. Oh my God. I know. I saw Jamila. I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to call me out right now. No, thank you, ladies, for saying that because, like, being Mm. in it, it doesn't, like, feel like that Mm. at all, you know? Um, So, for me, going into this core, what I was really challenging was really to confront all my sexual trauma like right in the face with my Buddhist practice. I wanted to believe that like I can overcome this and I can be happy through this practice because if I'm not, then why am I going to continue? You know, it was really kind of like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to try this out. And so that was what I was really going into. It was a struggle and I felt like this community, this core group was exactly what I needed to break through, you know? more than just me being in my head and me trying to figure it out i needed others as well to like really go forward yes mm-hmm. thank you for sharing mm-hmm. Karina. yeah and that's me how about um maybe caitlin was what were you sort of bringing to it yeah absolutely <laughs> i was coming into this study group um having been a teacher for uh, about 10 years and finding i was up against this this wall of recognizing I don't think I love this anymore and I feel really unhappy at work and I've been able to break through all kinds of obstacles within the classroom and within my different schools on my own and and with with the other activities that we do throughout the month and over the years but this because we were in a pandemic and and all of our learning was online it felt like a really significant shift and and my suffering felt really different. So I I wanted to, to tackle my doubt about my self-worth uh, in my job <laughs> and also what that was teaching mm-hmm. my young children because I, I was also supporting them with that home learning. And I really wanted to, to figure out how to transform or, or break through my unhappiness with the way education was going at that time. Mm. Amazing. Thank you, Caitlin. I would say for me, I was, oh my God, I just had it in my head. And then I just was totally tuned into Caitlin and forgot. Um, Oh my God, what was I challenging? (laughs) Oh, I was challenging my housing situation. I was just having so much trouble with like my apartment and the habitability issue and just having, you know, a really like touch and go relationship with my landlord. And I had great neighbors, but just the living situation, the physical living situation was not 
where me and my son needed to be. So I was definitely trying to challenge the notion of finding a new place to stay. Number one, during a pandemic. Number two, while I was partially unemployed. And number three, with, you know, how expensive, you know, Oakland is to live in, just the Bay Area in general. So that was, that was really my challenge. And, you know, through the support of this group, um, you know, and studying and just digging deeper into the practice, I was able to take that on along with my sister. So it wasn't just me doing this by myself. I had my sisters behind me constantly encouraging me and pushing me forward and just giving me inspiration and letting me know that we were not doing these struggle victories on our own. We were all in it together. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wish everyone could see the video right now. Because yes. These little like emoji reactions that are happening in real time. I'm starting to understand what these meetings were like. Um, <laughs> oh, gee, he, and we have to put you on to our word for That's our study right. group. So we had, we, <laughs> Oh my God, I said it one time and y'all ran with it. That's <laughs> right, Jamila. Jam- it was, it was, it was, it was like so perfect. great. Jamila was, was in, so in the middle. I think it was just, you know, the share at the beginning. And and Jamila was uh, like, ladies, I'm I'm struggling, but I'm I'm like chanting to have a victory. I know that these struggles are are gonna gonna propel me forward, but it's really hard. It's a real struggle right now, but it's I know it's gonna be a victory. And then, and then in the same breath, it's like, it's like a, it's a struggle victory. (laughs) Struggle plus victory just. And and then we were, we were all like, mind blown. That is the perfect word for everything that we're going through individually, collectively. And we just, it was too perfect. We said we were gonna make it into a hashtag and also make like t-shirts. That still has yet to come, but it's coming still for time. sure. That's gonna be like the Buddhist hashtag mm. right there that we're just gonna have to put the whole community onto with struggle victory. Cause that's really what it is. It's you're struggling, but you're having victories at the same time. And it's a, one thing we were talking about in the group. It's important to stop and recognize those small victories along mm. the way because we're we're just so used to like keep going keep pushing forward and just like on to the next one Mm -hmm. and we forget that okay well maybe we have overcome like you know a thing or two so Mm -hmm. let's even though we're in the midst of this challenge or these challenges because you know there's several going on in our lives throughout the day you know we do have some small victories along the way and it is you know um it's important to show gratitude you know not um, to ourselves to the work that we're putting in, you know, but also to this practice. Mm. And so that's struggle victory all and day, every day. I think also, Love it. also what's, what's really important about <laughs> recognizing all of the, the, the small steps that we take that um, something that we talk about a lot is, you know, these cumulative efforts. It's so, sometimes we can break through all at once, but, but it's also really important to just make an effort each day even if it feels really small because then in in a hundred days you look back and say whoa look how far i've come so so Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. this group was also this beautiful reflection like we were reflecting back to each other 
even though it, in the midst of our struggle, mm-hmm. and, and again, like cry, there's so much crying over the course of these couple of mm-hmm. months because we we so sincerely wanted more for our lives, but then to have our friends be able to you know type out like, look at you, you're doing it, wow, you know, or or even mm-hmm. or even come off mute and say, wow, I'm so inspired. Look at look at you fight so hard. And you're like, I mean, it's true, I'm fighting so hard. And- <laughs> <laughs> Yes. yes, that's amazing. So I do have um, like putting yeah. snap snaps all in the chat, like yes. snap 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 with a twist. Applause, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I I do have two two follow ups to that. So like I know um like this kind of uh recent study group was sort of the reason you guys met and were able to really like support each other and and deal with these actually very diverse challenges. Just the three things you mentioned are completely different from each other, which I feel like is so what you get at any Buddhist meeting, like people are challenging all kinds of different things. But um, Mm -hmm. zooming out for a second, just thinking from the perspective of someone who's never been to a Buddhist meeting, um, has no idea what to expect, probably still thinks like of Buddhism the way you learn about it in like school of like monks and meditation and silent retreats and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Can I just ask you to like quickly lay out like what should somebody expect at a Buddhist meeting or a Buddhist gathering? What actually happens? Mm. You have a bunch of people saying hello to you. It's true. <laughs> uh, no, it's um. Oh, oh my gosh, I just feel like I haven't done a meeting in person mm. in so long. It's kind of hard for me, but um, I'm just imagining myself like walking into somebody's house and you're just greeted with like this warm, welcoming atmosphere. You know, I know when I when I first went to the meeting in my neighborhood with my son, I was I was even though I had been practicing, I was. I was still nervous and I was a little standoffish because I didn't, I was still, I just felt like I wasn't ready, but everybody was so welcoming. And, um, you know, the house was, it it was just very like peaceful and, you know, you just introduce um, the person who's like house is at, like the host, you know, they will introduce themselves and, you know, welcome everybody and ask everybody how they're doing. And then there will be like a, like a short introduction of who they are and everybody else will go around and say their name and and in terms of um like the content of the meeting um Karina and Caitlin do you want to add anything so usually it's centered around you know a topic or a theme so based on the month um, and we have publications that we get monthly. And so this is kind of like our prompts of what we're going to discuss when we come together. And so most of the times these these questions are very deep questions like how do we overcome suffering in our lives? And it's a really like a gathering of people from different backgrounds and different you know professions really coming together and saying, well, in my life, this is how I overcome something using this practice to encourage others that may be like struggling with that similar issue. And so our our gatherings in Zoom, off Zoom, are really just a way for us to all encourage each other to move mm-hmm. forward in our mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. There's definitely an intro to Buddhism. Um, it's so if you go to an actual intro meeting, whether it's in person and on Zoom, you will have somebody that will explain the basics the fundamentals of this Buddhist practice and they'll break it down in, in layman's terms so that way um, you know guests can understand um, 
you know, what, what we're talking about when we actually do get into like the discussion or dialogue part. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to put that in there. Caitlin. <laughs> you, you encapsulated it perfectly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the really, you know, Jamila talked about the, the warm feeling that you get when you go, but, but yeah, the content is about how do I make sure I get unstuck <laughs> in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And through, through using these, these principles of Buddhism, um, to, 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 to sort of remind you that you are so capable, but it's not anybody going to, to solve your problems for you. These are just incredible reminders mm -hmm. of the potential that already lies within you. And, and when we're going about our day to day, you know, we can get so bogged down in, I don't know, in our own stuff, that then when we go to the meetings, I know that I often leave them, whether in Zoom or at someone's house, just feeling more open, feeling more expansive because of everybody bringing it back to you have the power to move your life forward. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pause our conversation here for a moment so we can understand a little bit more about their personal stories, which are all different and very moving. And then we'll come back together and share some tips for everyone completing the 28-day chanting journey and wondering what to do next. Because I always think it's most helpful to start here, I asked each of them why they started chanting and what their initial experience of the community was. Let's start with Caitlin. Um, it's a really great story, actually. I was a senior in college and feeling lots of emotions around graduating and um, not really sure what I wanted to do. And in my playwriting class, one of our assignments was to create a manifesto of our deepest beliefs and convictions. And I'm going, I'm 21. I don't know what I believe in. <laughs> what What does that even mean, right? It felt like a lot of pressure. Um, and and the professor said, just start writing and don't, don't worry about what comes out. So I started writing about happiness and what I think maybe happiness could be. And, and a lot of the messages that I had gotten were either you make a lot of money, right? Or you do something that you love. And generally those two are mutually, right? Never both, you know, or was my perception, you know, as a, as a 20 something year old at the time. And, and yet I kept writing and said, there's, there's gotta be a way to bridge the two. And there's gotta be a way to, to, create value in the world, you know, all, all just stuff that was coming off the top of my head. And, and I also wrote about, I, I think it matters to be a good person. I, I don't think that you can be a jerk to, to people and, and kind of get away with it. There must be some sort of tally system in, I don't know, the universe or something. So that was for my playwriting class. Then my medieval Japan class, um, we had to explore the religions of Japan in order to understand some of their militaristic and political decisions. So I was given a Wikipedia article on Buddhism, huh. and it was like reading my manifesto word for word. <laughs> and I, my mind was blown. I, I, I was sitting in a Starbucks 
and and reading over this this homework assignment from Wikipedia, going, I think I'm a Buddhist, <laughs> and and then, it, and then it just so happened that a little bit later, um, a friend of mine in my choir, I was in the Glee Club, in in college, and she she mentioned that she chants just Buddhist chanting. And so I, I asked her to dinner and I said, I think I'm a Buddhist. And she <sighs> said, well, well, I'm a Buddhist. You can come chant with me. And it was, I, I absolutely fell in love with it. It felt, it felt like such the right fit. It was very serendipitous the way it all happened. Yeah. Wow. That is a good story. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. 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 And then and then, of course, you know, in that same semester, I was taking this physics course and feeling so lost. And it was as if I didn't remember how to be a student. I didn't. It, it was it was the first class kind of in my entire academic career that really threw me for a loop. Mm-hmm. And so it was amazing to put this practice to the test immediately because I was starting to feel such suffering in in not recognizing almost who I am. If I'm not a good student, then who am I? Mm. And really, by even by the end of the semester, I, I hadn't, you know, even officially joined this practice at that point. But I had this realization that this thing doesn't define me. I get to define me, <laughs> right? Mm. And so pretty much right away, I just felt like it was uh, this you know, chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo helped me see myself more clearly. And I, I, re- I, I really haven't looked back since then, you know, 12 years ago. <laughs> it it wow. just connected with me so immediately. And I saw, I saw the, the, the benefit immediately. I, I actually did not do very well in that physics class, <laughs> but it didn't entirely destroy me in the mm-hmm. way that it could have had I not had this this practice and this friend that was you know sort of coaching me around the the buddhist philosophy around a, the approach to your life mm. yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense and that's also mm. uh, such a perfect segue actually into into the kind of friendship aspect of all of this because i totally mm. agree having um I mean, literally, you know, like having great friends, as we've read, is not, you know, part of the Buddha way. It's all the Buddha way. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's really hard to visualize like what even a Buddhist gathering is and like what you do at it, because it's in one sense just so regular and feels so secular. So um, (laughs) if you can just kind of describe, yeah, initially, like how was it for you? Well, I can I can actually re- very vividly remember the first larger gathering that I went to again back in Los Angeles, and um, it, we I, I I think I I drove and we parked and I didn't know what to expect. I was pretty excited, and I I think it was in some sort of com- community center where many different people rented it out. It was in sort of an auditorium, and so we're 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 walking up to the doors, and there are these two young women that were greeting people at the doors and and they said hello welcome we're so glad you're here and i said thank you do i know you and it was like <laughs> i never met these people before and and it's just that immediate sense of of welcoming and and it, we're, we're so happy that you're here it was something i never 
heard of before. And, you know, I walk into this auditorium uh, with just folding chairs set up and, and someone is is chanting into a microphone, and everyone else is chanting and it's reverberating off the walls. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> um, but it was, but it was electric in the air, you know, and, and, and it was, but it was just as if, even though I had never been there before, I was welcomed as a friend mm. and 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 I I absolutely remember feeling th- this is special that this is amazing um and and I feel like <laughs> you know uh almost every single meeting that I've been to like that it's exactly the same it doesn't matter where this meeting mm. happens but I think that that warmth is really has been really clear to me wherever and I and I've been able to travel to different places all over the world and go and go to meetings in different countries and it's it's exactly the same yeah totally that's that (laughs) that is also one of my favorite parts I was in um in Budapest in Mm. like I guess the end of 2019 and I was like oh there must be Buddhists here and I went to a Buddhist discussion meeting and it was like the same thing to, for like a grassroots community to organize all over the world and all the meetings to feel <laughs> the same means there's like something right happening, you know? There's something really, really <laughs> special about it. And uh, and I think part of it, too, is because it, it's it's like there's no there's no agenda other mm. than helping people recognize how amazing they are already Mm. you know it's it's uh, sometimes I think about with with other types of relationships like at work you know where there's a gathering of people or maybe you have a gathering of friends that you've met at school right like where where do you even meet people right (laughs) nowadays (laughs) so it's it's you have to have something in common right where it's either like we work at the same place or maybe it's a a hobby that we all enjoy or it's it's people that i go to school with and sometimes it can feel like there's a little bit of competition right Mm -hmm. well i have to be at at the top of my game or i'm 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 trying to get a promotion or i'm trying to prove myself to my supervisor and so there's there's pressure or even in in a hobby you know um if you know i'm i sing in a choir and so sometimes there's this feeling of well if i want that solo i'm gonna have to Mm -hmm. have to do better than that person and i want to be chosen or, or something like that um but in it was just not to say that's the only way that you feel <laughs> at yeah. work or or in in another activity but i think with buddhism it's and and with this particular practice uh in nichiren buddhism and in the soka gakkai really everybody is there to grow together mm. and there's there's no i i have never felt a sense of well, if if only you were a little bit better at this, then you would be acceptable as a Buddhist with us. We mm-hmm. want everybody to show up exactly as they are. And we we care about you exactly as you are. And we know that we can all overcome any obstacles that come in our lives, right? And we're going to cheer you on no matter what is happening. Whether there are good things happening, we're going to celebrate with you. And if you're having struggles, then we're going 
to encourage you and enchant with you. Um, or, you know, we say like send Daimoku, you know, we're gonna we're gonna chant for you. Mm. And and feeling, especially now that we're in COVID um quarantine times, it feels like even though we can't physically gather, I'm still getting messages from people that I would have met in person, right? We we say in this practice that you are what's the phrase, like perfectly endowed. Mm. That you you have everything you need and are worthy just because you're you. Yeah. And so there's there's no sense of you you have to become better. You know, guests are are welcome. You could have never chanted in your life. And it's like, come in and learn about what we do. Totally. Because because the common goal is happiness mm-hmm. and to discover what what happiness in your life and for you means truly. Yeah. And so we do that by being in community and hearing other people's experiences and how, you know, how they chanted or d- did you read something that opened up your eyes or um, did you did you have to encounter someone and, and practice saying something to them that was unlike maybe past patterns? It's really helpful to hear other people talk about how they put the philosophy into their lives, because mm. then you can start to see, oh, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. So there's yeah. no, there's no sense of like, I have to have it all figured out, which is certainly how I sometimes lead my life. I want it, I want it to be perfect on the first try and then um, yeah. and then one and done. And <laughs> I am I am learning how to enjoy the process of growing and evolving and showing up messy sometimes <laughs> yeah totally totally yeah. can relate yeah i am mm. um, it's every it's very just like um come as you are and yes. what's very interesting um for anybody who's listening that might be like um i'm not gonna show up at a buddhist gathering and talk about my like struggles with some strangers because <laughs> that's how i initially like i would go to meetings and i wouldn't say anything I just would listen because I'm not comfortable necessarily opening up right away. Now I just share anything and everything and I love it. It's been a while, you know, but um, but one thing I will say is that I love what you said about, you know, um, yeah, this idea that we are perfectly endowed and worthy because ultimately people treating you that way in the community and embracing you is an expression of that Buddhist principle. And sometimes if it's uncomfortable for us, it's more likely than not a reflection that we don't exactly see ourselves that way yet. And it's difficult to receive that from other people. But yes. like eventually through chanting it, it, you know, it becomes so much more natural. So um, yeah, that's also such an important, important point. But yeah. um, one other thing I, I thought of too, is that especially for young women, mm-hmm. we are also told lots of things about how we are supposed to show up in the world, right? <laughs> yes. So there's there's a lot of don't bother other people. Mm. Don't don't bring your problems to other people. You figure it out because we don't we don't want to inconvenience others. And, and maybe maybe that's something for for many young people or pe- people kind of universally. We don't want to bother other people. Mm. Um but I think I think especially you know for myself growing up as a as a young woman there there was the sense of even even if I share, I don't want to share too much because I'm I'm taking up too much space. Mm-hmm. But I and and so there, there's there's sometimes and again like I'm a performer and so I have no problem. 
I have no problem like talking a lot, but then I realize, oh man, I've been talking for a long time. But but I think in you know certain meetings, you just you need that space where people are going to hold space for you to be able to process there because there's so so much happening that we're we're that we're holding all at once, and so to know that once or twice a month I can go to a place where I can I can really process the 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 struggle that I've been going through mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not going to be told to be quiet or if I want to be quiet you know we might encourage someone do you have anything you want to share and if if you say no it's like great we're so glad that you came and you know let us know if you need anything else and so I think it's also a, a really interesting um space for for us as as young women to be able to almost discover new facets of ourselves yeah absolutely in community where where we may not feel comfortable or safe doing it in other spaces in our lives now let's hear from jamila whose experience was a little bit different from caitlin's and one that i could relate to in that she too grew up around the buddhist community because her mom practiced but it took her a while to connect on her own when she did she never looked back since I was born into the practice, because my mom practiced, it's just always been a part of my life. It's been normal for me to like go to people's houses for meetings. And everybody was like always so friendly every time. I can remember as a little girl going to the meetings with my mom and everybody was always so friendly and they would make sure to like include the kids in the meeting. And it didn't matter if we were like running around or anything and they had like stuff to entertain us or, you know, they would have like a separate kids room set up. And they will always have like food and snacks. And I just always had a really good experience as a kid. And that's how I was able to actually start making friendships within the community was um, doing these practices. So it's always been um, really, I don't know, just like, like a warm welcome. It was just like a non-judgmental atmosphere. And as a teenager, when you're going through all these hormonal changes and trying to figure out like who you are to have like that safe, safe space with other people Mm -hmm. who are going through the same thing that, but not like, not that you go to school with them or anything. It's, it's just a different kind of, it's just a different level of um, confidence that you get and reassurance of like who you are and who you're growing into as a person. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. I had a really similar experience just having like that. Cause in school, you kind of have to like, not front, but like as a teenager, you do like, you don't know who you are. So you pretend to be a different kind of person over many years until you finally like feel comfortable being yourself. Mm -hmm. And in SGI, there's like none of that. For me, the community played a big role as to why I started practicing for myself. If it hadn't been for Mm -hmm my Buddhist community, I wouldn't be where I am today. They, they helped me through a very difficult time when I was pregnant and I didn't have, I had support outside the Buddhist community, but it's just totally different when you've tried everything else outside of your practice. And for me, that was the only thing left that I knew was going to get me through this difficult challenge that I was facing was to start practicing for myself. Do you mind my asking, like, what was going on and, like, what were you chanting about? So at the time, um, so when I was 27, um, I was pregnant and 
I was going through a difficult relationship with my son's father. It was just a difficult, the pregnancy itself was easy. Like actually carrying the baby was easy. It was just everything else outside of me. The physical part was very difficult for me. You know, I was going back and forth with him, um, you know, and it was just, the everything was just on the rocks, you know, and I didn't know what I was trying to like force things to go my way. You know, I was using the strategy of my brain to be like, okay, if I do this, or if I, you know, if I do, if I take this action, then I should get this reaction, but we can't control people's reactions. You know, we can only control what we, we do. And I was just sinking lower and lower. I was pretty much going into depression because I wanted things to go a certain way or I wanted him to act a certain way and he just wasn't doing it and every time I would push he would push back and I was starting to lose who I was and I was losing control of myself I was just you know acting really crazy and whatnot and I could kind of blame it on the hormones but I was just like becoming a whole different person trying to please my son's father and no matter what I did, things were not going the way I wanted them to. And so I was just at, I was just at a really low point and I was talking to my mom and I, I just didn't know what to do. And I had just moved to this new place and lo and behold, it was right around the corner from the Oakland Buddhist Center. And I had no idea because prior to that, I had not been practicing all that much. And, um, and so what I did is I actually just walked there. I walked to the Oakland Buddhist Center and I just started talking to whoever was at the front desk and I introduced myself and told them that I was actually from San Francisco and I had moved out to Oakland and I really just wanted to get linked up with other Buddhists in my neighborhood. And they connected me right away. And a woman in that particular neighborhood that I was living in She's the one that really pushed me to come to the meetings, to really take the practice on for myself, really support me. And she was like, you're going to get through this. You're going to be just fine. We're here for you no matter what. You have this community that is here to support you, even if you feel you have no support on the outside. And for me, the, at that point, that's when like, my Buddhist community and I would just say my external world outside outside of my Buddhist practice when they started to merge. Because for me right now, it's one and the same. It's not like, oh, I just practice Buddhism and then I have everybody else who doesn't practice Buddhism. It's all connected. And so mm -hmm. by me going to the meetings and being introduced to all the other Buddhists that were in my neighborhood and, you know, just um, really starting to latch on to their I would say to their support system and their guidance and their encouragement, I really started to rise and just become a new woman. And the only step that was left for me to take was to take this practice on for myself. And I was scared to do it because I didn't feel that I was ready. I didn't know enough. Um, I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't smart enough. I had all these doubts in my head. And you know, you have there, these doubts are constantly playing in your head, but that's what Buddhism helps you with is to quiet all that negativity and really pull the strength out from within you. That's already there. We're already endowed with everything we need 
to not only survive, but to flourish in this world and leave an impact and a legacy, no matter if it's on one person or a small community or the world. And that's what being a part of that community helps you do is to really discover who you are and to turn to others who might have a different perspective other than maybe just like, and I'm doing air quotations, you know, your regular friends, you know, um, or maybe some other mentors that you have in your life to really seek those seniors out in faith and those mentors in faith to help you get through those difficult times and to use this practice as a strategy in life is what that community is all about. So you definitely need it. It's the practice is not for somebody who wants to be a monk and practice by yourself and, (laughs) and, and chant on your own. You can do that, but your practice will become so much more when you start participating and getting to know everybody else that's doing it along with you, especially during this time when we're alone and in our homes by ourselves, it's really necessary to link up with those people. And it doesn't mean that you actually need to get on Zoom or see them in person, but just talking to them on the phone, you know, or sometimes I even get letters in the mail from them. It's all the support system to let you know that people are out there and they care about you. And it really doesn't matter if you're practicing or not, they're still gonna be there for you and they're still gonna have faith in you even if you don't have faith in yourself. So we're actually going to leave you on that cliffhanger and end the episode here for today. But don't worry, we'll be back with part two in a few days when we'll share Karina's story with you, which is incredibly moving. All three girls will also share some concrete advice for everyone who is currently finishing up the 28-day bootability journey this weekend. In the meantime, we hope this was helpful for everyone who's been curious about the Buddhist community. And if you want to get connected to your local neighborhood group, just send us an email at connect at sgi-usa.org. Also, a reminder to definitely subscribe to our newsletter, which you can find on bootability.org, as we're dropping a guide on Friday, March 5th, exclusively for subscribers on everything you need to know to get started with Buddhism. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.